The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We are back with the latest episode of the Odds and End Zones podcast here on the great Finger Nation Radio Network. I'm Seamus Clancy and joins my host, Zoe. What's up, my man? What's up, brother? Uh, kind of a, a hectic week in Philadelphia sports. I think somehow the Eagles are probably really happy that Sixers season started because in the past, remember, like when I was in high school and you were younger, that the Phillies and the Eagles had this pseudo rivalry where mm-hmm. they were both really good at the same time from like 2008 mm-hmm. to 2010. And they would continuously try to one up each other in the headlines and quote unquote steal the thunder in a city, whether it's a baseball yep. town or it's a football town. And right now, the Eagles are in a situation where they probably want to deflect some of the attention from them sitting at two and four right now. And lo and behold, especially on the 10 day, uh, 10 day break after playing on the Thursday night game, you yep. think there'd be tons of time to talk about how poorly the Eagles are performing and Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts and defense, all of those things. But they've been gifted. From across the street in the Philadelphia, South Philadelphia sports complex, Ben Simmons, uh, unprecedented situation for Philadelphia sports. People talk about T.O. Terrell Owens uh, had like 112 receiving yards in the Super Bowl on a broken ankle. Ben Simmons has never made it out of the second round. And you have Eric Lindros. Eric Lindros had uh, played in the Stanley Cup final before. And the situation there where Tio wanted a new deal and he probably deserved it. And Lindros had really a guy who was before his time with concussions. Whereas now, obviously peep fans are pretty terrible to them, to him. then. if you look at the situation now, it'd be more comparable to like Andrew Luck. But if Andrew Luck had played in the Super Bowl and not just had some of those banged up injuries, but a multitude of concussions specifically, you have Ben who's making, well, like his cap hit, whatever you want to say, was $33 million this year. Uh, had one of the biggest no-shows as a part of one of the biggest collapses in Philadelphia sports history against the Hawks in the second round. Doesn't want to be here. He's sitting out. Everyone's mad. Daryl Morey's sitting on his hand, waiting, letting Ben rot in his little video game, Simon, Simo the Sav. Simo the Savage. Let's get Simo it. Simo the Savage. Shamo the Savage and Zoe on the pod right now. And... I know this isn't the Sixers podcast, but it does relate to the, the, the Eagles and Philadelphia sports culture overall. Because then at Eagles practice today, you have Jason Kelsey. And Jason Kelsey wasn't asked a question about Ben Simmons. Yes, all the headlines and the stuff you're going to see on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook 
are Kelsey talking about Simmons specifically. And I think it shines such a poor light on Simmons that Kelsey wasn't asked directly on him, about him, but he just caught a wild stray because Jason Kelsey's asked a question about accountability and he's really upfront about it. Like obviously the Eagles aren't playing well. They need to be held accountable for playing poorly through six weeks of the season. And Kelsey's talking about being accountable. And he says, then he goes, just, just goes on Simmons for some reason, because it's on the tip of everyone's tongue in the city. Even this team across the street can't help but talk about it. And that's, this a, is probably, that's an important note too. Um, yeah. That people think, I think a lot of people, think that he was specifically asked what do you think of what's going on with Ben Simmons? Because no. I did see a lot of those tweets. But he was not asked, hey, like what what's up with Simmons and the Sixers? Like that was he was just asked about accountability on his team on uh, that he's on currently to not what do you think about the Sixers? So I I it's definitely a testament to um you know what's the topic in this city man. Like he, I mean I'm I was I saw I hope he was saying that they were at the Flyers game last night and it was more, you know, expletive Ben Simmons, um, you know, chairs that broke out. So, like, where, when did you ever remember a time in the city where there was so much vitriol uh, against one of our own or one who's supposed to be our own? How ticked off do you have to be to be on another team in the city? And usually I would assume – the players on the teams in different cities, specifically in Philadelphia, stay very friendly. They know, mm-hmm. you know, they know the deal, the dog mm-hmm. and pony show kind of, you, mm-hmm. you know, an Eagles player, you go to a Sixers game. If you're a Phillies player, you go to an Eagles game, that type of stuff and sharing the publicity a little bit. But for a guy who is legitimately, literally a Super Bowl hero, not just saying like uh, Mac Holmes is a Super Bowl right. hero just because he was on that team. Jason Kelsey will go down as one of the most memorable figures and one of the best players in the history of Philadelphia sports. Mm-hmm. And he's just asked about accountability on his team, a team that he's a captain of, a team that he might be the best player on right now, even though it's not performing super well. And the only thing he can think of when he's heard about accountability is because Ben Simmons, because I'm sure he and every other player that's a true winning accountable player can just not stop thinking about this guy who just doesn't get it. Now, Kelsey, he's talking about accountability. And this is quotes. He gets on to Simmons. Says you fix some free throws, you're getting better as a player. None of this ha- is happening. Everyone can be and complain, not the word be, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. About how tough the city is to play in. Just play better, man. The city will love you. And that was from Jeff Skaversky of 6ABC's Twitter. And then there's a follow up from Jason, and this is via Tim McManus of ESPN's Twitter. There, there's a lot of people say that say this is a hard place to play in. I think it's pretty effing easy, to be honest with you. Pretty effing easy. It's so easy. It, it's so easy. And that 2017 Eagles team, that that's a team of guys who just got it. And obviously, yeah. they don't win the Super Bowl just because they got it. All those guys happen to be great players. But it's a situation like good players don't have a problem playing here. Bad players have a problem playing here. Do you think Jalen right. Rager likes playing here? Probably not. Do you think Lane Johnson likes playing here? Yeah, because he can take it and he understands it. And he knows that if he goes out and performs, he's going to have the city by in the palm of his hands. Look at look at a guy that literally just left. Look at Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz had tears in his eyes. And he said, this was home. He's a West Coast guy. And they said, you're finally going home. And he said, no, Philadelphia's home. Like, that's a guy who, for the past couple of years, took 
some very pointed criticisms about his decline in play yeah. in production and still held, held accountable and said, this will forever be home. I love it here. You know, so on and so forth. Like, guys, they get it. And then, you know, even in a Sixers sense, like one of the greatest Sixers of all time, probably top three, Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson, to this day, always said the first thing those fans did was they, they took to my playing style. I played hard. They had to hide his uniform when he was hurt because they didn't want him playing. You know, a guy who came out every single night and said, I'm giving it 110%. And what did the fans do? They gave him 110%. Through his on-the-court, off-the-court troubles, he always had his back, right or wrong. And got fast forward to the day. You're all indeed. Same thing. He gives it 110%. You know, we, we love him, share for him, we want so much for him. And that's what I think really is, I think that's what hurts a lot of people who have, since Ben came into this league, really, really, really championed his cause. Um, I think that you're seeing a lot of people who, even up until last playoffs, up until game seven, were very much, you know, ben, Ben's going to turn around, Ben's the key, you know, et cetera, et cetera, who are just finished with them. And I think what that is, is it's a product of people being hurt and let down, you know, like they saw that game seven performance, which I think, so I think, Grant, another thing that we should also know for the national heads out there who are saying, you know, imagine having one bad game and, you know, your your running mate, blah, 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 and your coach, blah, blah, blah. This, <laughs> welcome to Philadelphia, one. This is not the, this is not the product of one game. This is the culmination of four years. Of, like, Embiid's have bad playoff games. Do you know what I mean? Like, thank you. Even even that series. But it's not right. about the one game, that one moment. It's the the buildup of four years of frustration. Remember, I mean, people people forget they were playing Hack of Ben in the Wizards series. The Wizards games were four hours long because they played Hack of Ben. And what they, the, they, they didn't was, even sweep like they should have. Right. Like, and that's just last year. You want to go the year before that? That was the bubble year. He hurts me. Doesn't count. Two years before that, like every summer, the famous General Bryan quote where he asked Brett Brown, what's Ben Simmons got to get at? Ben Simmons is going to get us all fired because he hasn't improved. Like, now that stuff comes to light. And it's like, before it was like, mm, you know, maybe just a previous coaching staff. Whatever, you know, Doc and Doc and Company will get him right. And now we're like, oh man, like, whoa. <laughs> oh, whoa. Um, and Doc's coached some personalities. He's coached KG, Pierce, and Rondo and Allen. All yeah. big personalities, even if some seem more under the radar. Right. Ray Allen definitely has a big personality. Do you know what I mean? Right. Just because he's a little bit quiet on the court, not a trash talker. Kevin Garnett would be the most personality of anyone who's walked this earth. Right. And then you get into LA, CP3, Blake Griffin, those guys have egos behind them. And yeah, then you Kawhi. get to Kawhi. Yeah, and some of those teams didn't have championship success like he did in Boston, but they were a lot better than these Sixers teams. And then he comes here, and this is the most throw your hands up in the air situation ever. Like I, I don't I don't get it. And I think they went the pampering route, which sometimes people really need. Uh, positive reinforcement. 
sometimes and and as for normal people that's that's a thing probably mm-hmm. both of us have needed that at different times yep. but uh this this organization has been at every turn to accommodate him and all season Jock Rivers that's the thing oh Jock Rivers throws him under the bus all season and even including the playoffs right before that last game Doc is doing nothing but praising Ben saying if you can't see what Ben Simmons does, you're blind. You're not a real pooper, you know, all that stuff. And he's saying, you don't see the stuff he does, this and that. And he's obviously lying. We should Which be proud to have to. him. Remember, we should be, we should, we yeah. should be proud to have him. We should be excited for what he does. And, and, you know, if you're just looking for him to shoot jump shots anyway. This isn't some labor ownership thing. And it does. I mean, Simmons is is way more of a uh, unprecedented and agonizing, infuriating situation. But obviously, does have parallels because this is an Eagles podcast with the Carson Wentz situation. Now, as I'm sure we could both agree, Carson Wentz an integral part of the Super Bowl team. If they don't do that trade off for him. He doesn't play well right. the first 13 game season. Right. They don't want to Super Bowl with him. Like infinitely more, will have a legacy in Philadelphia than Ben Simmons. Right. Absolutely. But but you do see that situation where. Two respective organizations so scared of not having a quote unquote franchise player that they do literally everything in their power to give that player power. And they've relinquished that control. And I'm not saying that ownership should have control or over players or something like that, but the situation where they're maybe invigorating the wrong player and when they're not performing like the player they're building up to them to be not just in terms of fan or media response, but within the organizational hierarchy, when Carson Wentz is the lead decision maker in your, in your franchise, right. when he wasn't the guy on the Super Bowl, who was a guy that was stealth benched in 2018, a guy who was, you know, the 30th, whatever best quarterback in 2020. It's a little different. And then you saw that last summer with Ben where, it seemed like they were going to go more of the clutch sports way with the coaching hire, some other players around them on the roster, stuff like yep. that. Well, um, you know, you can take it two summers back if you want. And, you know, what's the reason they got rid of Jimmy Butler? Brett Brown. You know, everybody. <laughs> you know what? And apologies, Brett Brown. Um, this is a, yeah, I'm not throwing shade at Brett. Like, yeah. No, I mean, but it I, wasn't Brett. Right. But that right. So it was with, with, the the cloak and dagger was oh it was Brett Brett didn't want to coach a personality like him and, and you know it turns out um that it was because uh 25 lead the ball in his hand he didn't want to play with such a uh, such a prominent figure you know on the court and, and in the locker room and I think it all came to light again and in these comments uh what two weeks ago when he said you know we got rid of Jimmy which I thought was a terrible decision I mean, that's a whole other it's a, it's a whole other pie. But your star player saying you shouldn't have gotten rid of a guy two years ago who got you to where you were within you know five more minutes of the Eastern Conference Finals is such a terrible look. And it goes back to your point about coddling and you know when is enough enough? You know how much coddling is enough? You know how much. When, when do you draw a line for a guy? Like we, we, we've seen, we've heard stories like the Brett, you know, threatening to, to bench Ben if you, if you continue to refuse to shoot jump shots. We haven't heard any of that from Doc. You know, we've seen how Doc treats it um, and it turns out to be, uh, you know, way lighter than that. And I, I think that 
what you're seeing is a guy who has stayed true to his, you know, his pre-draft and his college, you know, kind of uh, personality. You know, Jonathan Gibney from Draft Express um, reposted and he's been going yeah, around circulating, recently. going viral. Yeah, now, yeah. Um, you know, because his his infamous now, you know, um, stock and read on Simmons before the draft was. He was lazy and he was kind of, he was a guy who was content basically with what his skill set already was. And in big games, he came up really short. Um, but <laughs> what was that, four or five years ago now? Yeah, 26. That's 2016. We're sitting here five years later saying the exact same thing, saying the talent's too tantalizing to pass on. The skills are there. Imagine putting Jason Kelsey's heart. And Ben Simmons. Imagine putting Allen Iverson, Joel Embiid's. Well, then we're then we're a player that, of that physical champions. talent. We're, we're champions. So you, it, it, you you give them you give them that kind of transformation. We won the championship last year. And I think back to that Raptor series. Imagine you're Joe and you're going to war for seven games against the eventual champs and a guy in Kawhi who is having one of the greatest postseasons of all time. And you go to war for seven games and you lose and you're kind of mad at one guy and you're kind of happy you went through it with the other dude saying, that was something, but yeah. next year it'll be something even better. And then that guy has to go because it's between those two guys. Like, How did he even muster enough energy to care the last two years to be playing with him? Talk yeah. about you know having a bad day with your coworker. Yeah. He's had two bad years with the coworker on the flip side with Embiid. That's that's a, that's a very interesting point, and it's one that um, I, I, I thought I've been thinking about a lot recently. Is how much has Joe been kind of suppressing, you know, and how much how how many stories do we not know? Because I'm sure many more will come out, um, you know, once a trade is finalized. And but I, I think that um, where there's smoke, there's certainly fire, and and so you know, we got to give semi props to, to Elton Brand and whatever that front office was for keeping a lot of that smoke, you know, under wraps for the past two years, whatever, because I, I feel like there's been a lot behind the scenes that as much as we know now, I'm sure there's a lot more that we haven't found out that we're gonna we're gonna eventually uncover as the as the days and the weeks go by. And the story it's funny because every day you know, we get up and we're like, I don't want to hear that story about him. I don't want to update. But we, we get another piece of the puzzle and it becomes even weirder that you're like, all right. And like, so like, tomorrow, honestly, I'm ready to wake up and, and hear something new. Like, I, I personally don't think that he will play another game for the Sixers. No. Uh, you know, I know uh, Maury went on sports radio today. You know, gave his uh, passion. Another just unprecedented thing where yeah. the GM of a team goes on the radio for a half hour talking about yeah. whether he's going to trade a player or not that's under yeah. contract. Like, I, it's not, but like at the same time, it was like, is this like a CBA violation? Do you know what I mean? Like, not yeah. even that the league would care, but it just felt like, yeah, this doesn't happen. Is it like uh, illegal in terms of the, the sports world? Yeah. So I did. Like, it's uh, like reverse tampering. I do think that there's going to be a lot of, the, the, the league is going to definitely look at this entire week with a lot of scrutiny. Um, but I think it's also, it, it's funny because I, I a lot of people say the same thing. Shout out to our guy, Rich Hoffman, uh, AMDG. 
um, who said, you know, that it was definitely more. He said the same things that you know you can deduce from, you know, what what the national and local folks have been saying about, yeah. you know, holding on to him and not trading him for just a bunch of junk to make, you know, make into some service pieces, so on and so forth. But so also not the most normal GM interview. And I think it speaks to this entire process. Like this process itself hasn't been normal. This is a normal circumstance. Like you never have a guy with four years remaining on Max Bill say, get me out of here. And like it's it's just wild. It's it's wild to even think about and conceptualize. And even at the end of at the end of game seven, when we all were like something's gotta change, things gotta happen. The most I thought they would do, to be perfectly honest with you, I thought they would really look hard at upgrading Tobias. Um, I think they still might, but that's that's I don't know anything. Uh, yeah, a, like a, a speculation. Yeah. I feel like uh, trade Ben not not for expiring contracts, but for other pieces that are that aren't one contract worth thirty three million, and then you have uh, Tobias trade somehow, and you're taking on maybe throwing a pick in there, and then somehow and. Summer 2023, you have a, your max cap slot or something. Right. So, like, yeah. So, like, that's a, so it's a very, that might be, honestly, I think the way they're going to have to approach it. I don't think, um, you know, this week, Dan Willard came out to that he's not really important, you know, again. And guys, guys lie all the time. So that I take, I take him at his word, but I also, I'm not sure how much he'd want to um, be feeling that way if they were 20 or 30 or something like that. But, um, I do think that there's going to come a time where he's going to have to look at how much am I, how much am I helping or hurting the our, our current cause? It's like because if it's all about that's this year, I don't think that's the proper way to approach this. I think you need to look at reloading the cupboard and also getting some serviceable pieces, right? So like. If you're not getting game there this year, if you're sold on that, then yeah, maybe it does take two and three instead of one move to get to where you think you need to be. Right. So maybe you yeah. do, you know, maybe the first is obviously the Ben moves and you get a ton of picks and maybe two or three guys. And then the next move you do look to upgrade, you know, maybe Tobias and maybe you do look to add shaping there so you can get maybe one more guy, and then and you see where you are at that point. Like, there's no no one saying you have to make just one move to win the championship. Like, you can make multiple moves and plug and play. Like, the, the, the Bucks didn't do just one thing. They, they traded Drew Holiday, traded for Drew Holiday, excuse me, and then they went up and they got a couple other pieces to plug and play yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I think back to what you were saying with the stories that have been coming out. Um, and even the lack of stories, as much as there's stories about the Sixers nonstop, there could have been even more things coming out during that Butler departure era that that time. And I think to the way there were so many leaks with stories at, for Philly Voice, that guy, Joe Santacolito, who yeah. I, along with a lot of people berated on Twitter and ended yeah. up being the guy who was right. And us fans kind of having some yoke on our face. With a lot of stories about Wentz's lack of accountability. Again, Ben, Ben, and, and Carson aren't necessarily the same situation on apples to apples. But again, it's an, an Eagles podcast and some Philly sports focus here, so it's, it warrants mentioning. And the same way we've gotten a bunch of Carson stories, but we and we had another big, you know, expose from the Athletic from Z Berm and Bo Wolf and and Shield this past offseason about a lot of the stuff going on in the organization after Carson left, and it still remains, still feels like. We haven't got the true, full Wentz expose, and we might not get that for another handful of years till you know Roseman's out of power, or you know Wentz is on a different team or out of the league, or, or something like that, or Frank Reich's moved down, Doug Peterson somewhere else, stuff like that. And I can only imagine the timetable when we get the definitive Ben Simmons, you know, Sixers era expose. Yeah. Maybe Tyler Tynes is writing it, right. <laughs> or he's, he's doing the book. Um, it could be in a while because he, he, this could be going on for four years, apparently. So apparently, it'd be a nice uh, years, yeah. 2037 book from Tyler. <laughs> I want to say it might be at, at this rate, according to Maury's comments, that might be Tyler's next book or his first one. Um, it could be his third funny. at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's interesting, too, you mentioned that because uh, one of the things in that that first Philly Bush article um, from our guy Billy S was about the locker room. Remember about like how the locker room was divided yeah. and like guys like you either like either liked them or you didn't like them. I mean, like, you're a full guy, you're right. Your right, right, right. And you like, saw that with Hertz this in 2020. Yep, yep. And I think that the the, the parallels where the parallels I think in is. I'm not quite sure how many friends Ben has in that locker room. I don't. I don't yeah. think there are Ben guys. Right. So like, right. That's there's no, like, there's like, no Joe guys versus Ben guys. It's yeah, just like you go in that room. Just players locker. on the Sixers and then him. That's it. Right. So like <laughs> even like the it's so funny because even the little the little subtle you can even pick it up in their interviews how Joe is saying like oh like, well, you know previous years on the road I would just go in my hotel room and play video games. Now we go out to dinner. You know, and like I want to talk to guys. I'm like, I'm, you know, he's doing everything that you would expect of a guy who realizes that this is a time of unity for his team. And like the questions about the Sixers have nothing to do with regular season, right? What's, what sucks about this Sixers season is. None of us care about what they do these first 82 games. Only thing that matters to us is the playoffs. We've, we've been so burnt, so hurt <laughs> by, by a proverbial four, fifth, and now one seed that 
I, I literally don't care what happens until we get to the second round of playoffs and we win a second round series. So like, I think what we're seeing is a guy who realizes that the big picture is I got to have these guys right for April, May, and June. So like that starts now. That work starts now. You can't go, you can't start having team dinners in February. Like that's got to start right now. Like you got to get Maxie next to you at dinner time right now. You know, like you got to have Isaiah Joe in your hotel room chilling, talking right now. Like that kind of stuff is what I think that he's been called upon to do and he's doing because they're realizing that the other elder statesmen on this team, the in some in some people's minds, the second most talented player on this team is not going to be here. So, yeah. you know, you're going to have to pick up an extra load, and that also includes getting these young guys right to contribute when it comes to time. It's wild. It's a, it's a it's such an interesting dynamic, but I think I'm I'm excited for it. But it's such an interesting dynamic what's going on right now in South Philly. JJ Redick was on his pod uh, a few weeks ago and he was talking about his time in Philly. And I guess there was relevant discussions for why yeah. he was doing that. And he, I don't know who he's talking to or whatever. He has that three old old men in the yeah, three, whatever that three, weirdo, yeah. weirdo podcast. Uh, <laughs> Weasel of the Week, JJ Redick and Malcolm Gladwell. And anyway, he's talking about chemistry in Philadelphia. Again, wonder why. Right. And he's saying, when I was there, and I'm speaking as JJ, we would try to organize a lot of team activities, you know, dinners, stuff like that to try to get us together because, you know, the talent was there, yeah. the, the success, the playoff success. And there was one guy who didn't really want to go out to the dinners. Uh, he's, he didn't say who. Uh, he didn't want to say who it was. But I, I'm sure you can guess who the one guy who wasn't really into doing all that stuff. And I'll say it wasn't for a Ding, ding, ding. Right. It was right. The guy at, least, at least Wentz could have a bunch of guys going to, you know, go like work with him in North Dakota in the summer or go to South yeah. Jersey and hunt, kill like 30 goose in it. Right. Or like in they a, go in an afternoon. Like, like duck hunts or something. Like, yeah. At least they did that. Like, him and Fletcher Cox are duck hunting at least. <laughs> right? You know, he has Jordan Matthews and, you know, Nelson Aguilar working out with him in North Dakota during the summer. That's something. That was like, like come on, man. The, te- the whole team didn't hate him that way, or he wasn't right. that like much of a zero. Yeah. Well, I think so. I, I think the, they didn't hate him in the I don't want to chill with him way. I think in, I think some guys were like, he's just not my cup of tea, but it's yeah. cool that he's reaching out to hang out. Like, you know, I may yeah. go on a duck hunt with him, but like, sure, I'll go to South Dakota. Like, let's go hang out, whatever. But I think that. The way I think a lot of people were turned off by his leadership style or lack thereof. Yeah, like he, he, he didn't really strike. In he wasn't really a guy. Who, he's not a rah rah guy. A guy who's going to say, "Let's go in and get it done." You know, blah blah blah. A little I hokey, think, a little a little hokey. Not right. This, you know, right. Tom Brady fire or yeah. Nick yeah. Foles cool. Even a guy who is kind of a dork, but. Yeah, uh, different energy. It's not that one we can really speak to, but it seems everyone, even from his time here with the chip error, that uh, when the chips were down, when it was a high leverage situation, he was just you right. know, acted differently. We can't. We, neither of us are in the huddle, right? But you can yeah. imagine the huddle was a lot different when Foles was on that Super Bowl drive, or Foles was in that drive at the end of the double joint game, right. than it was when 
you know, they're down 14 of the Cowboys in the third quarter and Wentz is kind of, you know, shaking his boots or whatever kind of cliche you want to use there. Yeah, you get the, you get the feeling that, uh, that Wentz is not the guy to uh, run into the Bears end zone and scream, I own you to the crowd. You know, like you <laughs> Could you imagine doing that in Dallas? <laughs> I wish they got, he, he'd still be here. <laughs> yeah, if he was doing that in Dallas, he'd already have, he'd have a statue right next to the Foles one. I know he, they're, they're moving the Foles statue statue further and further away. <laughs> so now it's outside the the head house area. Oh my gosh! By the time the Eagles are on like their fourth head coach in Stug, it's going to be all the way at the art museum. Right. By the time like by the time Ben traded and by the time uh, the Braves on their fourth coach, it'll be in Miller Street. Right. <laughs> All right, do you want to do Eagles lines real quick? I, I think yeah. it opened at three and a half and then it's three. Yeah. Now. I'm looking now. We can just finish up with the line. You know, it's now the Eagles are plus three. I, I listen, I like, I don't hate that. Um, I don't hate it either. I mean, if you, if you were able to get it at plus three, that's really nice. Uh, I'm probably not taking it at plus three. And I don't really know what the props right now. Um, Hurts is all again. It feels like a situation. Yes, we love doing the same game parlays. Yeah, and I'm not necessarily in a position where I don't think there's any player on the Eagles. I want to hitch my wagon to for props. Maybe Dallas Goddard. Let's see what he's cooking with because Hurts is out. Yeah, he's going to get back. And he's back and he is. He's been activated. We have. Uh, well, he's not on receiving yards on DraftKings, and he's not on receptions. So. Probably and closer yeah. to game time, they'll have stuff, but not as of this recording. This is just, recording ten o'clock uh, Thursday night for reference. And for um, I guess for for everyone who's gonna listen to this while they're doing their parlays tomorrow and, and Saturday, whatever, um, that Raiders defense will let up some points. They're like I think they're nineteenth, so they're they let up like twenty two points a game, maybe two hundred fifty passing yards. 130 rushing yards. Like, I, whatever it is, they're like two spots above the Eagles in defensive ranking. So it's they're going to have, have the opportunity to score. Sure. If there, if you can grab a team total over 20 and a half or 21 and a half, something like that, if that's available, I'd be into that. I would, this one, I, I could see, I could see a 24-27 or not 24-27 game, but then scoring 24-27 points. Oh, whether yeah, that's yeah. a win remains to be seen. Yeah. Uh, even if it's a little bit backdoory, like it has been uh, yeah. in the last couple of losses. It's going to be, it's definitely going to be, um, I mean, you can describe your own fun. I, I don't think it's going to be short of fireworks, though, because Carr likes to sling that bad boy around. And, you know, they're going to have some Eagles fans there for sure. It's definitely going to be some birds fingers, a nice contingent hitting out. You know, we travel well anyway, but especially to a place like Vegas, it's going to be, um, it's going to be a really, really cool atmosphere. That stadium is awesome. So my, um, my aunt and uncle uh, went out two weeks ago, and, and uh, they sent pictures to our family group chat. Wow. I, I highly recommend everybody taking a trip out. If you go out to Vegas, take a trip out and see it. It's insane. Uh, you got that scoreboard on the, uh, yeah, on the, the highway scoreboard now. On the, I, don't, I don't think that would play well here on 95, driving by the way. <laughs> Dude, we, the listen, we don't even like to drive without the scoreboard on the side of the stadium. Can you imagine if it was? How many people think drive by that and like give it the finger on a daily basis? Not going by percent, hundreds. It has to be in the hundreds, right? Can you imagine the Fink Toby truck just like stuck in that? Where uh, E Rock driving back and forth. <laughs> yeah. 
his videos kill me every time. Like, especially you could see that he's on 95 and you're just he's waiting like, in the background for this to see the stadium. It never gets old. No, that's great. All right. We'll wrap that up, right? Yeah. If you got the Eagles at plus three and a half, or you see that on a different book, that was on DraftKings right now. It could change before the game. It could yeah. change by the time this is uploaded. Hopefully yeah. you're listening to this on Friday. Ideally, you can get this up. But kind of staying away from the Eagles props, maybe evaluate some Dallas Goddard situations day of. You know, he's going to see, yes, he's coming off COVID, and certainly he could have some ramifications for him. Uh, but with Ertz out, he's going to see even more targets. And not that the Eagles have been targeting the middle of the field well. I think Jalen Hurts is literally uh, 33rd among all out of 33 quarterbacks on throws in the middle of the field with 2.98%, which is not great. Not great. And, not great. And, but you should see some – I could see on those little rollouts or when he gets in yeah. trouble and the tight ends roll into the side, uh, you know, maybe he's getting a couple of six, seven-yard gains yeah. even on the first couple of drives. And, you know, Goddard boosting his stock there. So, not really any big plays. Maybe a team total over 20 and a half, 21 and a half. You could see that somewhere. Take and that. perhaps, you know, a couple drinks in you on Sunday doing yeah. a little Goddard play. Yeah, That's it for me. It's going to be a nice, nice, uh, nice 60-degree day. Yeah, first 4 o'clock game of the year? Yeah, it's first one. Okay. So, can uh, relax for the first game. So, not, you're still tense about the game, but, like, you're still in – like for me, sometimes if the Eagles lose, I go way out of football mode immediately. Like I yeah. can't even watch the four o'clock games. Yeah. But if the Eagles are playing at four, I can actually enjoy the one o'clock games and be like, oh, this is great. I'm ready for my team. I think eight o'clock is where it differs because then it's like all day agonizing whether yep. I like the four o'clock game best. For a road game sitting at home, I'm a four o'clock guy. I tell everybody that I, I, I'm the same way. I, I prefer four o'clock because I can still be in the mode and then – like if it's a loss, all right, cool. It's six, it's seven o'clock. I can kind of you can throw it on, throw it yeah. on Netflix at that point. Like, you know, what I mean, I'll throw on Seinfeld, call it a night, whatever. But like if it's at eight o'clock, all right, cool. It's midnight. I'm pissed off. <laughs> I guess I gotta go to sleep and get. I gotta Dude, get like half it. drunk, can't really <laughs> sleep anyway. Cut. Wake up. Wake up. Forty five minutes later with cotton mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Thanks. Yeah, but. We'll wrap up. That's it for me. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Seamus underscore Clancy. Zo at Sweets underscore by underscore Zo. Going to the game tomorrow? You know what? I just got a text. Uh, oh. I'm probably, I'm, I am probable. I know you and Ash are going, right? Yeah. I uh, I bought them and then it said Embiid's questionable. So now I'm, <laughs> I can't see I'm not playing. Uh, yeah. Probably probably if you're buying six or tricks ever, you should wait to the day of just in case to see if Embiid's playing or not. Um, but my, my opener biggest, should be a fun. Yeah, it's gonna be oh, it's gonna be a super fun night. It's gonna be a really, 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 really gorgeous day tomorrow. Um, super fun night, and that is definitely my Sixers ticket buying advice. Wait for the day of because for the next eighty-two games, most likely you're gonna say eighty-one. Excuse me, most likely you're gonna say well, indeed, it's probable. So if you're getting tickets, wait for the day of to see if he actually does play. But I'm pretty sure the snap of two days, the Nets get. Play. Yeah, they can't not play him. You know he's going to want to play, but there's no way they keep him out. Specifically, just yeah. the way his organization operates. Yeah. Given the primetime game is the Nets, they missed out on the James Harden trade because of Ben Simmons, been, and yeah. Simmons is out and is causing havoc day by yeah. day. So yeah. there's no way he doesn't play. But we'll link up there, and yeah. we can talk about it now on next week's pod. Go Birds! Hoping for a road upset. Their up, yeah. two wins are on the road this year. Keep it going in Vegas. We come back next week. We're three and four. 
and we're talking about cynicism stuff. And we're talking about a brand new life. Yes, new sir. life. Yes. Uh, F. Ben Simmons, Jason Kelsey, Philly King forever. Keep bleeding green. Peace.